Welcome to the 70th, 72nd episode of It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast where we chat about murder. I am Cindy. I'm Mercedes. Thanks for listening to the last episode when we told you about Mexico City's first officially recognized serial killer. Forewarning, our show is often horrifying and graphic, and we do use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. Also, we are passionate and always have been about true crime, but I must warn you, we might make jokes and laugh during this podcast. Want to learn more about us? Visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com to find links to our social media pages. We drop a new episode every Friday morning. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss out. Thanks for listening. And if you're even slightly entertained by our Southern charm, leave us a five-star rating along with a comment. If not, reach out to us and let us know how we can improve. Also, spread the word and recommend our podcast to your friends and family or even your enemies. Yep. Even your enemies. We like them too. Yep. (laughs) Hey, how are you? I am all right. How are you? Feels like forever since I've seen you and we've caught up. Yes, because it has been. Yeah, because last week we took the week off and it was delicious. I loved it. (laughs) out with the grandchildren and uh, it was really nice oh they're so sweet they are they are so anyway uh how was your week off yeah (laughs) so the roller coaster of life's got you a little bit on the downslope right Mm -hmm. a little bit a little bit so i wanted to talk about we, okay. So I haven't uploaded any of our podcasts to YouTube in a while because it's okay. very time consuming and, um, I just haven't figured out a fast way and I'm really slow at it. And my computer is a piece of crap. The one that I do that on. So, but we get the most interesting comments from people on YouTube. Wow. Sometimes they're super like, ooh, like WTF. And then sometimes they're like the last couple that we just got. Okay. Do tell because you're the one that keeps track of all that. Not me. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we, we got this comment, um, in reference to number episode 17, the road rage murder of Bo Kirk. Okay. Yeah. That was really sad one. Yes. And we actually, when I logged in to look at the YouTube, there's actually a couple of comments from people who knew him. Oh gosh. On he awesome. He was an awesome man. I remember. And one was like, just, it was right around the corner from their house. And then this, um, my brother, Brian is one is the one who found Bo. Oh my God. They were good friends. I feel so bad for the family. Oh yeah. I bet. Mm. And then the, one of the other comments, like I said, was like, it was right around the corner from that person's house <sighs> and just how it affected the whole community as a whole, you know, that right. senseless murder. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was the one that was um, expecting his first grandson and his family was just devastated. I, that was an awful one. Yes. And then we have a comment for episode 20, the murderous sex spree of Stephen Oaken. Okay. I remember that one. That was like in Baltimore somewhere, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it says, I participate. Okay. This guy, Don says, I participated in his execution <sighs> in 2004. Whoa. Yes, I was responsible for securing the left arm. I served 20 years as a CO for the state of Maryland, and Oaken was my second execution, the first being Tyrone Gilliam in 1998. I feel I performed a public service in both executions. Wow. Good, good job on researching this 
almost forgotten crime. I felt so bad for Don's father. I couldn't imagine discovering my daughter in that condition. By the way, I was born and raised and lived in Northeast Baltimore City in the White Ghetto neighborhood, also known as Armistead Gardens. And I never considered myself Southern despite living below the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> no, that area is not Southern at all. No, sir. And Randallstown. Randallstown is pronounced Randallstown, not Randallston. Okay. Thank you. Um, again, great job for remembering the forgotten victims in this subhuman pigs crime scene. Wow. Free. Yeah. Wow. So that was pretty good. And, yeah. um, you know, and I mean, we've gotten some really like kooky ones too, you know, like the militia. Well, guy. and I think that, yeah. <laughs> Some of our culty ones, like we do, we have gotten some weird responses. Now, yeah, this is not going to have a weird following basis. No, no, this one's We're on not. someone's watch list, I'm sure. <laughs> it makes me want, I need to take the time, um, especially since I'm, you know, have some right now. I want to go ahead and try to get the rest of them on there because those are where we're getting like the most interesting comments. Yeah, well, and you know, especially when... Um, I've noticed that a lot of our comments are people that aren't just listening. They're just lo looking for a specific murder. Mm -hmm. Like maybe yes. they've heard about, um, you know, whoever you're going to talk about today, or you've heard about a victim and then you Google that person and come across this podcast. So yes, yes, yeah, that's great. Anyway. And we still have, we still have one that we have waiting in the wings that we need to respond to. Oh yeah. I'll take care of that. No. Okay. All right. So. You know how I like to change things up, right? Okay, I'm super excited. All right, so I've decided- kind of peak, but just a tinge. Right. Yes. Just a tinge. I don't know that much about whatever you're doing. Okay. But it is kind of close to home. <laughs> it is, it is, but it's an oldie. So uh, I want it, so I decided that I'm going to cover a murder in each capital city of each state. Oh, Okay. So obviously I'm going to do these in alphabetical order of state. So I'm, gonna st I'm starting in Alabama. Oh, all right. That's interesting. Alabama. So the capital of Alabama is Montgomery. Montgomery. Yes. So let me, so let me introduce you to Rhonda Bell, Tom Lee, Mark. Rhonda was born to James and Robert, J James, Robert, and Mary Frances Tomley in 1907. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rhonda was the third oldest of five siblings and the youngest being a half sibling. I'm, I'm just curious what Montgomery would have been back, like back in 1907, like dirt roads and still a horse and buggy. Well, in or... the 2000s, they didn't have a target. Oh. Yeah. Because my husband was in the Marine Corps, as you know, and he had to go there. A couple That's of where MEPS is or whatever they call that, where you go get mm -hmm. shaved and all that. Yeah. At, intake. Um, at Gunner Air Force Base, I believe. Okay. Which is right next door to where the Marine Corps depot, where the depot was. And I'm like, um, this is the capital of Alabama and there's no target. I mean, it was like 2003. What kind of messed up world we living in? Well, that's <laughs> kind of like the, um, I think that's where I usually pick up 65 when I'm going north. Mm -hmm, it does. Cause a lot of people will travel that way and then go over to Atlanta. I don't know why. Really? They did. No, yeah. I don't do that. Okay. Anyway. So she's born in 1907 in Montgomery, Alabama. Yes. So she was married. Like, to, oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Like what were, was she a farm child? Did she live in a farm or? Um, I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't think so. All right. She was married a total of four times. However, 
I did read an article that she was married to like her first marriage was when she was really, really young, but I could not, I saw in several different articles, it would like mention the, the fifth marriage. And then sometimes it didn't. So she so, could have been married maybe five times. Yes. Oh, and she had five children. So I, I, um, read that in 1922 from 1922 to 1926, she was married to a W.R. Alderman. Hmm. I couldn't find that. I could not prove that. All right. So I want to go over a little timeline of marriage and children here. So W let's say she was married to W.R. Alderman. They were married in 1922 to 1926. Then in, um, so then she was married again in 1928 to a George Garrett. So George- I'm just trying to do the math real quick. She was born in 1907. So she would have been like around 15. What? No, if she, if she got married in 1920. Oh, wow. 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, but- which isn't super young, at, you know, and in that time. During that time. No, uh uh-uh. <laughs> So she was married to George and they had children. They had Mary Adelaide Garrett and these, I'm going to give you their, their births and deaths okay. here. Okay. Mary was born in 1930 and died in 1934. Aww. Ellen Elizabeth Garrett was born in 1932, died 1943. Anna Caroline Garrett born 1933, died 1940. What are her children sickly? We'll get there. Okay. Emma Jean Garrett, 1934 to 1937. And Judith Charlene Garrett, 1938 to 1939. All girls. Yep. She have a problem with daughters, obviously. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So she was married to George until 1939. And in 1947... She married a Talmadge John Gibson, but they were only married for five months. All right. Then in 1950 to 1951, she married Claude Carroll Martin, and he died in 1951. So he was 51 years old when he died. So a little while later in 1927, I mean, I'm sorry, in 1951, she married Ronald Claude Martin. Mm. Okay. Are they brothers? No. Are they related? That's her stepson. Okay. So she married this man. Well, how old is her stepson? He was born in 1927. So she, she was born in nine, She's 20 years older than he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I know people who have married someone 20 years younger than them. Do you know someone who married their stepson? No. Like eight months after their dad died? No. Okay. All right. So I have a lot of questions just from this slide. You've got a lot of deaths, a yes. lot of deaths mm-hmm. um, centered around this one woman. Now, I don't know, did her other husbands, you didn't tell me, did they die? Yes. Okay. So we don't know. I don't know anything about W.R. Alderman, about where he was born or when he died or who, who the hell he is. Okay. George Garrett was born in 1904, died in 1939. All right. Talmadge John Gibson was born in 1896, and he lived till 1989. Claude Carroll Martin, born in 1900, died in 1951. And then his son was born in 1927, 
and he died in 1999. Okay. So the man that she married that was born in 1896 and she was only married to him for five months. He, he didn't die while they were married. He He did not die while they were married. Okay. So they actually had a divorce. Yes. Obviously. Well, yes, sort of. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I'm so curious. Okay. Well, that's a great way to start because this woman, uh, and of course I've never heard of her. Mm-mm, neither had I. All right. I wonder how you find these things. <laughs> so I told you that Rhonda was supposedly married to, uh, prior to George Garrett. And, um, this is why I find it a little important because according to Wikipedia, take it for what it is, Rhonda was never really divorced from her third husband. So Talmadge John Gibson. So I think that's where sometimes some of the numbers kind of get convoluted there because they'll say her third husband or they'll say her fourth husband, but then she never really divorced her third husband if she was married to the alderman guy. Okay. Yeah. So Gibson and Rhonda were only married for five months. So this is why I've also found it important was because Claude died in 1951, Rhonda married her stepson. Ronald, but if she never really married, was never really married to Claude, then Ronald really wasn't her stepson, right? Uh huh. Okay. So I see, um, but I did see where Talmadge was remarried later. So I don't, I don't know, because I found all their graves and like was able to. That's where I got a lot of their hmm. marker information was from that site. You know, find a grave or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So very interesting because really you wouldn't really know unless you could get a hold of marriage records or something from ancestry or right. But even then, you know, you can't find some of that stuff if the Mm -hmm. people are still living. Mm -hmm. Of course, none of them are right. No, none of them are. Okay. So instead of starting with the murder, like a like we typically do, and then kind of work backwards. Uh huh. I will. So instead of doing that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna go ahead and tell you that she attempted a final murder. Okay. Okay. A final murder. Yes. So there are murders Maybe. and then there's a final murder. So yes. you're starting with a final murder. I'm starting with that one because okay. I'll tell you why. Okay. So right. the person she tried to kill last lived. All right. They didn't die, but that attempted murder prompted the investigation of prior death surrounding her. Okay. Surrounding her loved ones. Okay. So I'm going to start with her confession. All right. And stop me anytime that you want to talk or ask questions. Cause it can, this could possibly go really fast if we don't like, you know, talk about some of it. <laughs> so when they arrested Rhonda. All right. She, so, well, can we start with why she was arrested? Or are you going to start with that? Are you going to tell me that? Yes, I will tell you. Okay. Um, uh, surely I put it in here, but yeah, I'll, I get to it. Cause I kind of start at the beginning and I go all the way through. Okay. Okay. So she's arrested. We just don't know why yet. Yes. Okay. In her 11 page handwritten confession, she details how she fed rat poison to her second husband, George in his whiskey. Okay. George's cause of death was, however, attributed to pneumonia in 1937. So they were married for 12 years and they had the five children together. All right. So she killed him. Um, he died in 1937. Yes. And so for all of these years, when was she arrested? 1951. No, 
no, no, no, not 1951, was um, 1957, give or take. So, so 20 years later, she's mm-hmm. saying, oh, well, I killed my, my second, because this would have been either her second or first husband. Right. George Garrett. This is the one that she had all the kids with. Yeah. So, well, okay. So all of these kids are dead. All she has got a couple of husbands. She's tried a couple of husbands that have died. And she, you know, she's under suspicion of trying to kill her Ronald, her last husband. Okay. So then they start to do the investigation and they're digging up everything. And they, but they can't really decide like, why would she kill these people? She didn't have any kind of substantial life insurance policies or anything like that. So as I already outlined, the children and their, and their deaths were at very early ages. You know, the one was a little bit older, but I think the oldest was maybe 11, right? right? Yeah. So Emma Jean was three years old when she died the same year as her father. So Emma, Emma Jean, the three-year-old died at this, the same year as George Garrett. Okay. And the same year as her grandmother, Mary Gibbons, Rhonda's mother. So George, Imogene, and Mary Frances Gibbons died in the same year. And no suspicion of this at all. No No suspicion at the time that their deaths may have been. The mom did not, there was no listing for her cause of death. The dad was the pneumonia. And I think the little girl was um, like stomach issues. Okay. So I'm just wondering like back in night. Okay. So this, you said that they all died in 1937. Mm -hmm. What was the protocol? I mean, you know, did they do autopsies? Obviously, you know, their labs are not, or technology is not as, was not as a, advanced as is now right I, even talk I mean right now it but. did some sort of autopsy and to be able to come up with any cause of death but i don't you know i don't think there was any such thing as like a toxicology report at that time but but you know and not only that but who would suspect this you know how this i mean i'm thinking a southern woman and yeah memory alabama i mean this is the time of you know well it was a little yeah i mean she's living like she could have been living up the street, down the street from Zelda Fitzgerald before she was Fitzgerald. Cause she's, I mean, this during the same time, that's where they lived in Montgomery. Hmm. You know, that's where F Scott Fitzgerald was stationed. And like, this is during that time. So, okay. uh, I mean the twenties and like, you know, well, this is 1937, but she, right. Was, but she's living she's there in that, Montgomery area. During that whole time. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I just can't see all these people start dying around you. I mean, her friends and family must be thinking, oh, how tragic and mm-hmm. how boring of, you know, that could possibly be a motivator right there. Mm-hmm. It could be. And yep. if she's poisoning her child, you know, like that month, what is that Munchausen where? Yeah. Um, and where you say your, your child's sick, but you're you actually the try one. to make your child sick, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so just for the attention and. Yep. So three years later, six-year-old Anne Carolyn was given uh, milk laced with rat poison, which Rhonda admitted that that was the same concoction that she gave Imogene. In fact, the six-year-old obviously died. So Rhonda would also reveal that she put the rat poison in her mother's coffee. Oh my gosh. So she killed her own mother. Then in 1934, 
Rhonda gave the milk concoction to the 11-year-old Ellen Elizabeth, her death would be attributed to a, a stomach ailment. Okay. So I have a lot of questions here. Okay. Um, all right. So I don't think that rat poisoning is a pleasant death to watch. No, and I'm going to describe it. You do describe that. I so do. she's watching this over and over and over. And typically it's not just one poisoning in the no, person. Right. I mean, I'm just basing this on what I've seen on like, you know, criminal minds and things like that. Yeah. Where it happens over time and the symptoms and, and, you know, even today, some medical facilities don't recognize the signs of poisoning. Mm-hmm. I think it's yep. getting, so it would have been easier to get away with it way back then. Right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So sometime after Ellen's death, Rhonda would briefly marry marry the Talmadge Gibson. And luckily he would walk away with his life spared. I wonder if she tried to poison him. Did he ever say, you know, when I was married to her, I was sick? Mm -mm. No, I didn't find anything like that. So Rhonda would then meet Claude Martin, who was a widower with three daughters of his own and one son. The couple married and in 1951, Claude suffered an illness for about a month before dying. Oh, want to guess how he died? Okay. So, so real quick, how long were these two married? Uh, they were married in 1951 and he died in 1951. So not even a year. Okay. Well, I'm guessing that he died of poisoning, uh, yeah. poisoning. He did. All right. So, so obviously she's a serial killer. Yep. Is she making money at all? I mean, is there, are there insurance? Uh, no, I think, I think, um, she had one policy for like $2,000, but she, like you said, she would receive an outpouring of sympathy and she liked the attention and the sympathy from the deaths of her family members. And then not only that, but she's probably there, the one that's, you know, when they're feeling ill, she's nursing them back to health and Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. So let me describe death by arsenic poisoning. Okay is an extremely unpleasant way to go. If subjected to a large dose of arsenic, the victim suffers from intense gastrointestinal pain, dizziness, vomiting blood, and other horrible side effects such as palsy, numbness, and paralysis. Smaller doses given over a longer period of time make the victim feel as if they are suffering from the never-ending bout of the bad, very bad flu. Eventually- I'm sorry, but that could look like pneumonia maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the victim's resistance weakens simply from the fact that they are receiving no nutrition. Essentially, arsenic victims starve to death because all of their digestive system oh, has been burned away. So this okay. is how rats die. <sighs> That's awful. Yep. It has been easily detectable for now more than two centuries. Any pathologist will immediately notice the blackened organs that have been suffered chemical burns and the red brick colored mucosa mucosa, and test for the mineral. So there's signs that we know today, you know, and for the last two centuries, it says, um, because arsenic does not readily degrade, it remains detectable even after cremation. But I think that, you know, especially if, you know, they don't do a full autopsy or don't open the body or, you know, they don't look. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
but I did not know that it was like still detectable after cremation. Well, I did know that. I don't know why I did know. I know that they like um, will exhume bodies and stuff and it stays detectable and, and in your system forever really sounds like time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well claude's death was ruled natural okay and this is where i'll tell you Rhonda received a two thousand dollar life insurance payment for claude and used 400 of the 400 of the proceeds to move the body of his former wife to claude's burial site so they could be together oh well that was sweet i mean it was but why did she do that i have no idea why didn't she just bury him next to her i i mean maybe I have no idea, but maybe because his kids, I don't know. I know his kids aren't the ones who died. I have no idea. So eight months after Claude died, Rhonda married the stepson, Ronald. And he's 25 mm -hmm. and she's 20 years older. So she's about 45 at this point. Were they having an affair before? Uh, I did not Claude's see. Death. There was never even like any right. accusation. It would be hard to even know that unless somebody, you know, had an interview with her or something. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I mean, how would you know? Yeah, but supposedly this was in violation of Alabama law, which considers a marriage of this sort to be incest. Now, this is not what I consider incest because they're not biologically related. No, but it, but it does kind of violate my moral compass a tinge. Oh, definitely. Uh, just because that's kind of like a mom-child relationship. Even mm -hmm. though he was like yeah. he was an adult. I mean, he definitely was an adult when she married the dad. It's just right. weird to me. It, it's very weird. Well, and I mean, is she an attractive woman? Because she's got all these dudes. And I mean, Montgomery is, is that like a, it's not to me a huge town or a big city. I guess it is kind of big. Uh, I mean, it's not really incredibly big now. No. And in people 19 like shit there, what people drive like shit there. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm yeah. not a big fan. Of I will tell you that one time and I have a soft spot in my heart for, for Montgomery, but you know, when I was mm -hmm. in college, I would drive back and forth a lot. Mm -hmm. And one time, um, and, and Billy, my oldest was really young, like maybe seven or eight. And mm -hmm. my car kept, my car started on, it got caught on fire. Oh shit. Like I had some sort of gasket leak or something and the oil was getting too hot and it would catch on fire. Well, I had no money. I didn't have anywhere to go. And somebody said, well, there's, um, there's a 24 hour, um, uh, mechanic. So I made it there and it was kind of like in a ghetto area and, mm -hmm. you know, the man fixed my car for free. He's like, I know you don't, you know, I was like, I don't have any money. I don't know what to do. And he fixed it for free. And I mean, That's, it made it all the way home oh my word. before That's, it caught on fire again. Oh, before it caught on fire. Again. It, it did catch on fire again. Yes. But at least it got me home. Yeah. So, so yeah. I was trying to think that, okay, no, never mind. I was thinking Monroeville is where Lee Har or Harper Lee is from, but that's not, I mean, that is between here and Montgomery, yeah. <laughs> give or take. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Rhonda and Ronald, Ronald and Rhonda lived happily until the middle of 1955 when he was discharged from the U.S. Navy. Oh. In, the er in early 1956, what do you know? He got sick and he started complaining about his tummy hurting and his extremities. So the doctors at the veteran hospital in Biloxi. Oh yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yep, yep. Tested everything they could think of, including his hair. Oh, Okay, good. So somebody holy finally... shit, the VA was doing something. Are you kidding me? Right. 
um, which his hair contained copious, enormous amounts of arsenic. Ronald's illness was reported to the police, and they began a quiet investigation into Rhonda's background. The greater than normal numbers of death in her past prompted them to exhume a few bodies. Ah, so they did exhume the bodies, right? And traces, no chunks, of arsenic were found in the bodies of her dead husbands, her mother, and so her you're children. saying that there were traces. No, there were chunks of arsenic. Yes. So she's giving them a lot of arsenic. Yes. So, so they, they actually took the time to exhume all of these bodies, like all of the bodies of these people that, or did they do this after she wrote the confession letter? Mm-mm. This is before. Okay. So then they confronted her with her crimes in March of 1956, and she quickly confessed to everything, but could not really answer their questions as to why she did this. Well, I mean, how, how do you say that? Like what? I mean, she probably, she didn't know why. And I don't think I put it in here. I, I don't, but during her appeal, one of the defense, you know, she, well, first off, she, here, let me just tell you this little part. Rhonda okay. went to trial. She claimed insanity. Okay. Um, she was convicted of Claude's murder and sentenced to death. So that's the only one she went on trial for was Claude. Um, there was an automatic appeal, as we always so know. She didn't get in trouble for trying to com- kill her current husband. And she didn't, um, she didn't get charged. Well, she confessed to the others. Mm-hmm. So there okay. might've been some kind of plea deal. Some in there. sort of deal. Okay. But she still gets a death sentence. Right. She, she gets the death sentence. Um, so when her appeal came up, mm-hmm. the code of law declaring her marriage to her son as incestual. Um, but as a part of the confession, they're saying that because technically her marriage wasn't, she wasn't really married to him. So therefore they're saying that that shouldn't have been part of the, the confession. And I guess that confession shouldn't have been entered into evidence. Okay, wait, what? So and during the appeal. Okay, so during to- the appeal, she says that her marriage, she tried to say that the part of her marriage, her stepson being incestual was not legal. So that shouldn't have been entered into evidence. Her it admitting that been her, her confession? Because in her confession, she admits to freely being married to him. But okay. they're saying that because it was not really considered, it was breaking the law. And if she wasn't really not married if she never divorced the talmage guy then they she wasn't really married to the first martin or the second one so the so the murder shouldn't have matter that's what i'm not understanding but well they're just saying because in the confession that part of the confession shouldn't have been entered into evidence okay i see okay but she willfully admitted to poisoning everyone so really that doesn't have anything to do with that has zero impact on whether her marriage was legitimate or not. What, right. Or even the murders of her previous family. I mean, she slaughtered. Did, did she allow any of her children to live? No. So she murdered all of her children. Yes. Wow. Her appeal was denied. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. Eight days prior to her being sentenced to death, Rhonda was asked if she was ready to die. And she said, I can just hear, well... <laughs> You've never seen anybody who was ready to sit down in the electric chair. But if that's what it's got to be, that's what it's got to be. Hmm. Yeah. And for her hearing, she made this homemade dress, this black and white homemade dress. I don't know why that is important, but it is. So 
On October 11th, 1957, Rhonda would walk to the death chamber wearing this black and white homemade dress that she had previously made herself wearing her wedding ring also okay wait a minute so she's still claiming to be married to this guy who was a stepson who she tried to kill yes and is he still like into the marriage and forgiving of his wife and yada yada i don't know but i'm gonna probably say no and what kind of man marries his stepmom stepmother it wasn't the hot step stepmom you know i mean it's not like she was even young she was not an attractive woman she wasn't an attractive woman okay no Mm-mm. so a little after okay so her her last meal was okay hamburger mashed potatoes cinnamon rolls and coffee all right a little after midnight holding tightly onto her bible Rhonda was strapped into the electric chair. The warden gave the symbol, the signal, and the switch was thrown, and nothing happened. Oh my God. (laughs) So, does that mean that she cheats death and doesn't have to? I actually listened to a podcast or something about this where um, the man was took it to appeal that since he didn't die, he it, it would be double jeopardy to kill him. Of course, he lost the appeal, but yeah, that's not what double jeopardy means. Yeah, like to that effect. But huh. if you don't die, if, it, if you cheat death that way, then you should be freed is what he was saying. Yeah, no, that's not how this works, buddy. <laughs> well, the staff quickly investigated the situation and realized that the leads from the power source to the chair had become disconnected. So they were quickly, quickly reattached and the execution was carried out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The so, end. Um, <laughs> now, I have to say, I did kind of snoop on this a little bit hmm um so i don't know if you saw this which you you might have but you know that they found in her bible a letter that she wrote no in which she said that she wants to donate her body and her brain to yes yes to university it. or science or something to figure yes, out why yes damn it yes i did read that and i okay. didn't put it in there no it's yeah. okay but i was thinking because i did read the part where the the um the electric chair malfunctioned mm-hmm. i was thinking in my brain that you know like it caused her some pain but it didn't nothing happened at all yeah when it malfunctioned it just because it just wasn't even connected. it just wasn't even plugged in yeah well that kind of ruins the mood for me a little bit i'm sorry oh, i know well no. remember like here in the state of florida is the reason like that guy's whole head caught on fire yeah and that's why they don't have it anymore <laughs> well I mean, I'm not a hundred percent opposed to the death penalty, although I am opposed to any sort of person being executed, I guess, on accident. I mean, an, an innocent person being executed. Right. Yes, yes. So I would say, you know, if I have to go with or against, I would say for that reason, I would. Yeah. But she obviously, now, so she obviously was not coerced or anything when she wrote about all the people. No, no. And then, oh, what I started to say was that she, the the defense team also tried to bring in the fact that she was, they found her to be a schizophrenic. All right. And, you know, back then they just thought, you know, like, you're a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) That's from, (laughs) that's from our favorite podcaster. Sorry if you're, you're familiar. We're not stealing from them. We love them. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, well, that's interesting. 
Yes. I never knew, you know, just like how many serial killers and, and other killers. So we just not know from the past. Like there's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And I love newspapers.com for that kind of stuff. Honestly. I know. I really need to like remember. To use well, that. you know, and that like, that's what I was looking at when I looked, I just looked up her name and I only read one or two articles, but mm -hmm. one of them, one of the headlines said hefty waitress and it kept um, honing in on the fact that she weighed 170 pounds and oh she had red hair and that she was a waitress. And I'm like, well, so did she actually, she was a waitress. She didn't really comment just, on that. I mean, yeah, was, no. was she a major breadwinner? Well, I mean, she was killing everybody. So yeah. Well, and it, I did read it. it was like a little diner deli type. Yeah. A little diner. Um, yeah. I also wanted to say it, which we didn't mention in the beginning is we had another comment from someone who sent me a message on Facebook and because I was talking about, um, um, I was talking about my friend, Tori, his murderer getting resentenced and somebody, right. I guess I mentioned it. And then that person from like somewhere else said, I just, one of our listeners yeah commented and what yes and that he had just read about my friend and then listened to our podcast for the first time and then heard me mention right that whole thing which it did it got my friend um it got pro what is like postponed until august so i remember before we even started the podcast you were talking about tori's murder and we were talking mm -hmm. about that and you did reach out to his family to see if you could do an episode on on him and they they said they just did not want you to do that yet right not they weren't ready yet yeah but which when is, they are, which, you know yeah. i appreciate that and there are enough people who don't know his family that are doing like what we're doing that's something that i always worry about especially with the one that i'm going to do next week is it's still fresh it's fresh for her friends right. it's fresh for her parents and you know we can say things like with you know the Corey episode and we mm -hmm. might say some things that that might hurt the family's feelings or the friend's feelings that that's never our intention ever right ever no not you know, ever we just yeah. i don't know what the fascination is and you know like i did a blog on people's fascination with true crime and what makes us curious about it and you know it's just beyond our control and we just wonder why do people resort to that kind of behavior or mm -hmm. yep it's a and, curiosity uh, oh it's gonna say something else too that was one well, it's like our favorite podcasters did someone that we know. They did an episode on their yes. other podcast. On, on, yeah, on their yeah. other podcast. Yes, they yeah. did. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was kind of like, oh, because there's been a dateline done on that person. Right. And, you know, it's like, are they going to say something, you know? But you can't sugarcoat the truth about things, even though yeah. it might not be something that a family, a, a person has so many dimensions. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, trust me. I have all kinds of you know dimensions good bad right. ugly so but i thought they did a really good job i thought they did a good job i think they did too and and most you know i don't know i mean you're not going to get all of the details correct because first of all we weren't there secondly mm -hmm. you know we're reading it from newspaper articles and court re records and you know a lot of the stuff you don't you don't know like you don't know the intimate details of a conversation with a best friend because you weren't there you might not right. know the exact details, but when you're doing research, you only know what you've found online or what somebody else has. Yeah. Done. Or someone, someone's told us, you know? Yeah. So anyway, well, thank you, Cindy. That's a good one. I can't wait to hear. Okay. So our next um, state is so Alabama, Alaska. Yes. Right. Okay. And Juneau. Yep. 
Juneau, Alaska. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of difficult. It's like, okay, did the murder happen in Alaska? Or because this person actually ends up in a different prison, like not anywhere near Alaska. And it's someone that you will have heard of, or you will have heard of what they call him. Okay. You might not know the murder, but you will know. Okay. So, all right. I'm super excited to hear more. So thanks, Cindy. And thanks all of you for joining us this week. We appreciate sharing our passion with you and we thank you for your support. If you'd like to support us even further, please consider subscribing to our podcast and giving us a five-star rating and a comment. Your subscription and ratings are essential to our success. You can do this on your favorite platform. And for more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Actually, we don't do Twitter anymore, do we? I mean, we have it. I just haven't updated Okay. It. Well, we don't, we don't know Twitter very well. I don't. Anyway, <laughs> visit our website at itwasn'tme.truecrime.com. Please recommend It Wasn't Me to your true crime loving friends and family. Also, thank you to our Patreon supporters. You are the extra. You too can become, a, become one of our beloved patrons by signing up at patreon.com forward slash it wasn't me pod. Thanks again, guys. And remember, it wasn't, it wasn't me. me.